All right. So, before we start tonight, I'm going to ask Cherish and Eli just to give me some little background music, something soft, set the mood. This week has been a lot for me personally, and I'm pretty sure for a lot of you guys, it's been a lot as well. You know, this week, a lot of stuff happened. It's barely Wednesday, but we're here. And I want to encourage you guys tonight just to take maybe one or two minutes. And we're going to do a thing called a Selah. Selah in the Bible, it was when David was in the Psalms and he wanted to intentionally pause. So I want to take an intentional pause right now where whatever you're holding on to, whatever you walked in those doors with, you just have a moment to let it go. And you just take that moment, take that deep breath that you haven't been able to take all week. So I'm going to give you one and two minutes, you know, and just be intentional with this time. Pray, do whatever you got to do. Go. or expectations because we are worthy through the blood that was bought through Jesus. God, I pray whatever's happening this week that your will just works over, God, that you just touch these students' lives. God, I pray that tonight we use this time intentionally, that we learn more about your mission and how we're called to go on that mission, God. God, I pray that you calm these nerves a little bit. I'm a little nervous up here, but you're so good. And I want to thank you for each and every one of these students' lives, God. So as we continue on with tonight, God, just be here and be with us. And thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for today. Thank you for the amazing weather, God. And just be with us as we continue on through this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How are you all doing tonight? Yeah? yeah? Let's try that again. How are y'all doing tonight? Yeah! There you go, Jordan. I like it. Let's keep that energy up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. My name is Thomas. If you don't know who I am, normally I'm up here playing keys, but tonight I decided to spice it up a little bit, and I'm preaching tonight. Thanks, Eli. Um, shout out to my high school boys. Where you at? Yeah! yeah. What's up? So... 
Funny thing is, Eli has been youth pastor for like two weeks now, and he hasn't preached once. Shoot! All right. Shout out to the preach team as well. They're an amazing group. Maddie V, what's up? So our boy Matt dropped a fire sermon last week, right? We're talking about reclaiming intimacy, but we didn't do it in the way that you guys expected. Instead, we're talking about reclaiming intimacy within the different levels and dynamics of the church, right? So last week, we talked about um, reclaiming intimacy with the big church, you know, corporate worship, what that looks like. So the main points of last week were, number one, we are a singular body on a singular mission. We're going to focus a lot more on what that singular mission looks like tonight. The second point was, we are purposely placed. You know, God has a plan for each and every one of you, and you're purposely placed even right here and right now, listening to me talk, right? And finally, we reclaim intimacy by being a unified community. So we have intimacy with one another, we trust each other, we build each other up. And that's very important in what we're going to be talking to tonight. But last week's general idea was, if you are a believer in this room right now, you are part of a bigger community. So Acts chapter 2, verses 44 to 47, we're going to dive right into scripture, recapping last week. It says in verse 44, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who are being saved. If you are a believer, in my famous words of my friend Dom Toretto, you are part of the family. And with family, anything is possible. Yeah, I'm cool like that. But if you aren't a believer in this room, I want you to know that there is a place for you. There's a home, there's a community out there. And there's a God that loves you unconditionally and has unabounding grace for you. So we recapped last week. Last week, we're focusing on big church, big picture, right? So we're going to dive a little bit deeper, get into a more intimate relationship, right? We're going to talk about you and your relationships with missions. So first things first, we have to settle on two things. Number one is you are called to missions. If you consider yourself a believer in this room that you proclaim with your mouth and believe with your heart that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called to be on missions. In Matthew 28, the Great Commission, it says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. Remember the little VBS song? Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations now, right? We've been talking about it since you're in VBS, right? And you are people on a mission if you're a believer. If you're not a believer in this room, guess what? There's a higher purpose and a higher mission out there if you believe in a God that has one for you. So the second point that I want to make for you all so we could start this little Q&A panel that I have going up here is that you aren't called to do missions alone, right? In the beginning, there were two missionaries that we all know of, right? Adam and Eve. And in Genesis 1, 28, it says, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. 
fill the earth and subdue it. Roll over the, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. You see, Adam and Eve's original mission was to be God's holy ambassador, right? They were meant to go forth, be fruitful and multiply and rule over the earth and have relationship with God. We all know, of course, that Adam and Eve were exiled out of the Garden of Eden. And yeah, but the cool thing is God's missionary heart never changed, right? God still wants you to seek relationship with him and he wants everyone to have a relationship. But, you know, ever since we live in a broken world, we have to start spreading that word a little bit more. And yeah, how we do missions never changed, right? We see this in Luke 10, when Jesus out, sends out the 72, and it says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two. You know, sort of like Adam and Eve, two by two. And two by two ahead of them to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of harvest, therefore, to send out the workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. So I want to ask Carla, Issa, and Caleb to make their way onto the stage. Yeah. And we're going to sort of switch it up tonight, right? So I'm not the most experienced with missions. Um, my mission experience includes a little bit of beach reach and all the time I spend at Camp Zephyr, right? So what I'm going to do is going to utilize people that have a little bit more experience to help drive my points home a little bit more clearer. So, my boy Maddie V is going to give them some mics. All right, and I'm going to move over here. Yeah, Matt. Thanks, Matt. How are y'all doing tonight? Good. 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 <laughs> nice. So, um, you guys know Carla, Carla, Issa, and Caleb. I was expecting them to sit in a different order. But can you guys tell us um, a little bit about yourselves? What missions you went on? Where did you go? Yeah, so I'm Isa, and I've been to uh, a couple of mission trips uh, nationally, uh, internationally, I mean, to Colombia, to Mexico, um, as well. Here in the United States, I've been to uh, Washington State, and a couple of mission trips here in the Valley, where we're working with uh, local communities in uh, Mission and uh, Beach Reach, where we go to South Padre Island. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what Carla. Hello, my name is Carla. Hi, Carla. Hello. Um, I've gone, my mission trips, my first one was Valley Project. A lot of people here probably have gone there. Um, another one, Alaska, I went there one summer. Uh, then here, I've also done locally at Mission and other ones with BSM as well, just um, serving wherever I can. Uh, cool, Caleb? Hi guys, my name is Caleb. Um, my Hi, experience Caleb. with missions has mostly been local. Um, I've also been to Beach Reach. We've done some missions on campus at UTRGV, and I got to go to the Philippines um, back in whatever year that was. It was the first year that Calvary went. Shoot, that's a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, so first things first, these are your C group leaders, right? And I want to point out to you that your C group leaders have been on missions. I've been on a couple of missions. Matt's been on to Beach Reach, and a lot of people here have been missions. A missionary isn't something like out of this world, like a weird person traveling everywhere, living out of a backpack, every, you know? It's me, it's Caleb, it's Issa, it's Carla. It's people that 
have a calling that go forth and you know, execute upon that calling. So we're going to talk a couple of main points tonight. And the first point I want to make is in mission trips, accountability is essential. So we're the body of Christ, right? And we should operate as one. We're designed to do missions together. If we don't do missions together, everything just tends to sort of fall apart. Now, without each other on a practical sense, you will eventually burn out and people will spiral into you know, just not working as well as they should or they spiral back into the sin and distrusting God. So my first question for you all dun, 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 is how have other people on missions kept you accountable or how have you kept other people accountable while on missions? Whoever wants to answer, you can go for it. Uh, I guess I can start. Um, so for me, uh, missions has been something that's very, I guess, contrary to my natural personality. I'm very, to myself, I'm very introverted. And missions involves going out and meeting new people, right? Sharing the gospel. It's something that can be very uncomfortable a lot of the times. And one of the big ways that other people have kept me accountable on missions is when I've been too shy to do what I'm supposed to do, right? So for example, at Beach Reach, we're just going to random spring breakers and sharing the gospel. There's a lot of times where there's people walking by and I just kind of let them pass because I'm too shy to talk to them. Or I feel too uncomfortable. But thankfully, we were sent out in pairs and I always ended up with a partner that was like, hey, we're going to go talk to this person. Or, hey, I'll do this person and then the next person we meet, you're going to talk to him. So I definitely think that, you know, when you're doing missions with others, there's just that accountability to stay focused on the mission, really. Yeah, that's what's up, Carla or Issa. Um, for me, I guess like when mission trips, uh, one of the ways that like people have kept me accountable is there's a lot of people. Well, in the mission trips that I've gone to, there has always been a, a like it's been a large group, and I have tend to sort of like compare myself to like the people around me, like the way that like they approach people or the way that they talk, the way that they listen. Sometimes like I get to sometimes like. Oh man, like I, I get discouraged, I guess you can say. Um, but when I'm talking or when I like communicate that with like my, like my partners, um, they always tell me like, no, Carla, like there's always like, there's something like that they always point out, like a strength of mine. And that has always helped me because it has kept me accountable, just like how Caleb said, like focusing on like the work that is like set before us. Like it's not something that we're doing on like on our own. Like it's this is something that's a team. And so that has like, I guess the team has always kept me accountable in that way. Yeah. And Issa? Um, yeah. So when you go on mission trips, um, a big thing is to remain uh, spiritually healthy, right? Um, you're out there doing God's work, right? It's not something that you're going to do out of your own strength. And so it's very important that you uh, maintain that spiritual health. And so that's where your team comes in. And we have accountability for how we're doing spiritually, right? Like, are you in the word, right? Because um, if you're not in the word and you're on a mission trip, well, it's, it's, it's kind of pointless at that point because everything is coming out of your own uh, strength, right? Your own efforts. But... It's something that you have to be very prayerful about and very, uh, you know, in the word. So um, the team is uh, something good for that too. Yeah. Um, you were talking about spiritual health, right? So what does a spiritual healthy individual look like, especially like on a mission trip? What are some of the habits that they have? What are they, you know, what does their walk look like, Isa? 
Um, so definitely someone that um, is doing everything out of, you know, trusting in God, right? You have to uh, lean in very closely to God. Um, you're being prayerful about every decision that you make, about every person that you talk to. Um, and is, and the pers- a, spirit- a healthy spiritual person is, is someone that is always, you know, constantly praying, um, you know, making sure that they're getting in, you know, fed spiritually as well, like by the word of God, right? And, um, and someone who reflects Christ, right? Who reflects uh, Christ's humility yeah. and uh, humbleness and um, as well, I would say someone who's not complaining. <laughs> yeah. Because mission trips can be hard, you guys. And uh, sometimes you're going to be in a place where there's no signal, there's no Wi-Fi, there's no AC, there's no hot water. <laughs> um, so it's definitely someone that is obedient and, uh, you know, dying and carrying your cross every day. Yeah. Um, Caleb, so you want to talk about that? Like while we were talking about last week, you mind talking about that? About you and your Philippines trip? Oh, yeah. So my Philippines trip was interesting because I went on that trip more so out of convenience than because I wanted to go share the gospel. So um, the Philippines trip, like our family was going back home for vacation and that kind of coincided with the trip. So I got to kind of tag along with the trip. Um, And I definitely think that my heart wasn't in the right place. At that point in my life, I wouldn't say that I was um, surrendered to God. And so a lot of the stuff that I was doing on that trip was out of more of a legalistic understanding, which is simply just like, I was doing these things because God said so, not because I loved him. Um, And so a lot of that trip felt like a burden. It felt like homework, like something that was assigned to you and you just had to do it, but you didn't want to. Um, And so I definitely think that having the right motivations for being on a mission trip is so key because we don't do it just because God tells us, but like as we grow closer to God, we desire what he desires and what he desires is for all people to know him, right? And so I guess my Philippines mission trip is a good example of why you shouldn't go on missions, right? Not because uh, you want to be a better Christian or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. Spiritual health plays a very big role in any mission trip, right? And having that spiritual health mentality, even if you are spiritually healthy, my second point for tonight is even the spiritually healthy person will get tired on a mission trip, right? Mission trips are draining. They're tough. Um, My experience with this was at Camp Zephyr when you guys know the extended worship, right? Raise your hand if you've been to Camp Zephyr. Yeah. Camp Zephyr, that's what's up. But, you know, at Camp Zephyr, we have this thing called a standard worship where we have different stations. We encourage students to go talk and open up. And I've had students come up to me with really heavy, deep things, right? Camp Zephyr has taught me that little kids have big people problems and they have lived enough life for one life sometimes. You know, it's deep, it's hard. And whenever they talk to you about it, some of that burden rubs off on you and you feel a little bit heavier, a little bit dragged down. So um, during the mission trip, right, have you guys ever experienced that like feeling of like people coming to you, talking to you, and you just feeling sort of weighed down? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) I have. Um, And I guess like for my experience, it was my Alaska trip 
the the one that like a lot of like people or a lot of my teammates were like opening up and they were like discussing topics that were a bit heavy and at the time I also was a new believer like I literally um, surrendered my life to Christ in when I was a senior in high school and then I was in college for a bit and then I just went on a two-month mission trip and so I don't think that I was as prepared as I I mean like God like prepared me like beforehand but um, it was like a, a learning experience to go to that um, and I mean like during that mission trip it was also exhausting like the like physically I was tired like spiritually like it was like I, I needed to lean on God and I had to like be in his word because I couldn't be telling like a like my partner something that wasn't like if it was coming from me it wasn't gonna be something that great because like God knows them and so I felt like uh, God was going to be able to use me um, by, by being, like, fed um, the correct way, I guess. Um, but, yeah, like, it was exhausting, but um, just leaning into God. And, and I guess, like, during that trip, I realized, like, halfway in, I was like, you know what? I, I wasn't um, going to God as my first choice. Like, I was going to my other partners. And as I was getting exhausted, I was like, hold up. Like, they shouldn't be the first like person I go to it should be God the one that I lean towards and so I guess that was like a big like perspective change for me yeah for sure Isa um yeah a couple of times uh, I can remember more recently the trip that I went to Mexico I was working on it with uh medical missionaries and so um I had a few encounters with patients where they would share like kind of like what they were going through um, and as well like what they were going through with their health as well. Um, and uh, I had the opportunity as well to share the gospel and, uh, you know, give them that hope. Um, but definitely I remember after those conversations, I'd be feeling very drained because um, it does take a lot from you, like mentally, spiritually. Um, and I kind of had to like take a step back uh, and then... Yeah, um, what really helped me get through that was my teammates when they would notice me and they would, you know, allow me to talk through it, right? Because you, you have to um, be open with your, with your uh, teammates. You have to be honest with them and, and uh, talk about those feelings uh, to not bottle it up within you. Yeah, for sure. Caleb, you got anything about that? Um, yeah, so... Definitely, Beach Reach was a mission trip that was so exhausting physically uh, and spiritually. Caleb, can you give us like a quick background on what Beach Reach is for those who don't oh, know what it is? Okay, so basically, we take a bunch of students from the BSM on campus and we go to South Padre during spring break. Um, South Padre during spring break is not a place you want to be normally, uh, but we go and we offer free rides to people, we give out free pancakes, uh, and we really just use that as opportunities to share the gospel. Yeah, and sure. a lot of times we're up at like four in the morning because <laughs> yeah. that's when people are kind of getting out of the, the clubs and stuff. And so that's when we have the opportunity to talk with them. So that's kind of a summary of Beach Reach. But anyways, back to the question. Uh, yeah, that trip was just so exhausting, especially because it was like my first, I guess my first big trip um, after really surrendering my life to Christ. Um, and just definitely having team members and team leaders who were like, hey, how can I pray for you? How are you? Um, was just so helpful. 
it might seem like something small, uh, but that's just so refreshing and it just allowed me to be vulnerable and open with my teammates and I guess that kind of relates back to the whole reclaiming intimacy. There's that intimacy uh, between you and your team when you're on missions and you, you have this single goal that you're chasing together and yeah. Yeah, for sure. We're talking about a single goal and that goal on a mission trip is to expose as many people to the gospel as possible, right? Um, when you're on a mission trip, so you have a community with each other, helping each other build each other up and encouraging and helping each other in areas that we're lacking, right? It helps us remember the purpose of the mission, why we're out there, and also remember that, you know, we have to maintain that mindset of like, hey, I need to talk to this person, that sense of urgency of sharing the good news. So, um, my last, or one of my last questions is, how, has, how have others kept you focused while you're on missions, kept your mind on that goal? Uh, <laughs> it, well, since the beginning, like, accountability has always, like, been a huge part, but also just, um, just seeing how my other, like, uh, partners or my, like, friends, they, how they reflect Christ um, has always encouraged me in the mission trips because um, when I was, like, feeling discouraged or um, just, like, tired, I guess, they have always, like, helped me um, just with, like, little things, I guess. Like, they would send me, like, little notes or they would um, message me, um, like, Bible verses sometimes. And, like, most of them didn't even know what I was going through, but they would always, like, make it, uh, like, they would go out of the way to, like, encourage me and to keep me, like, um, yeah, just, like, encouraged, I guess, in the mission trip. And that has always helped me. Um, I forgot the question. And I said... <laughs> <laughs> um, how, have, how have others kept you focused on the goal during missions? Oh, yeah. I think I answered it. <laughs> yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> Issa or Caleb? Um... Yeah, so like, I guess during trips or mission trips, um, it's it can be easy to, you know, forget why you're there or, you know, forget why you signed up. Um, and, you know, you start to become selfish and you just start thinking about yourself. You start thinking about like, man, like if I was back home, I'd be like chilling, watching Netflix and I'm out here, like no AC and stuff like that and you just start to get selfish and you just uh, get irritated at some point and you just want to go home um, so having um, you know my teammates you know remind me of like why I'm there and um, like God has me there right he he called me to to be there for a reason so um, and it's and it, I'm not I'm not there because I wanted to go right like I'm there because uh, God called me, so it, it's all about Him, and it has nothing to do with me. And so, just remind, reminding yourself of like, um, you know, it's it's about His glory, right? Not not about you know yourself and or your accomplishment, it, and it's uh, just completely focused on God. So, um, you know, having their teammates there to to focus you back on on what is the reason why you're there. Yeah, Caleb. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I think Carla and Issa really hit it on the nail, but I'll just piggyback off what Issa said, just with being selfish. Like, I remember um, just so many selfish thoughts coming into my head, um, 
after like the second or third day of B Street, she's like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be talking to new people because I hate that. I don't want to be picking up trash on the beach. I don't want to be up at 4 a.m. serving pancakes to <laughs> stinky people who are in the club. Um, but yeah, just having the teammates there um, and just having that intimate relationship with each other is so powerful because like, we're all still human, right? So we're all still going to fall, whether we're on missions or we're not. Like, I mean, in fact, I think when you're on missions, it's, it almost seems like the temptations are even stronger, right? Mm -hmm. And having teammates there to, to pick you up when you lose focus and you being there to pick up your teammates when they lose focus is just a really special relationship. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to share with you guys from at Camp Zephyr, Zephyr experience. During our staff training, our main goal at Zephyr is to remove distractions and create opportunity. And that's done in a multitude of ways from just a person walking around camp and picking up the trash that they see. You know? And we start to lose focus of that goal throughout the summer because we're just getting so tired and we're like worn down because we're working like 16 hour days. So, you know, you see a person like walk by a piece of trash and you just look at them like, hey, you gonna pick that up? You know, it's those little things, especially when you're on a mission trip, that you know, help you maintain focus and help you see that goal. And we're running out of time here, so my last question for you all. Um, you have to answer it in a sentence. Sorry. Why should you go on a mission trip? Go. Um, obedience. God has called us um, for a higher purpose, right? Like this life is now not about ourselves. It's about... Um, living in obedience to Christ. Cool, that was like two sentences, but... So, Carla or Caleb? She, she's kind of right. <laughs> that was a good sentence, yeah. Only a sentence? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I think the quickest answer is because we're called to. Um, I'm sure you all have heard the Great Commission if you've been at Calvary for a while so many times, and that's because it's so true. It's the last command Jesus gave before he went back up to heaven to his disciples, which is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, you know. Yeah. Oh, but I guess Thomas wants me to expand. So um, I guess even more so than just simply that we're commanded to go is I feel like sometimes we forget the urgency of the call to share the gospel. So like if you're a Christian here, you had a distinct life before Christ and you have a, a new life that you're now living in. And just think really quickly to the brokenness and the loneliness and just the slavery that you were in before you knew Christ. Like, just think about it for a second. Think about those times where you just felt alone and broken. And that's the reality of most of the people on the earth, right? Because most of the people on the earth don't know God. They don't know Jesus. They don't have the gospel that we have. And so just beyond the fact that we're commanded to is that our hearts should be broken for these people that don't know Christ. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Oh, you did. They want to shut me down. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess, like, for me, we're also, well, 
God has called us, but also God has always has gifted us also with some gifts. Like we're all unique. We're not all the same. And I think that's something like super special and important to know because um, everyone brings something to the table and something that like God can use in anywhere, like in here, school, or like somewhere outside the city, the nation, everywhere. Like there's a missionary out there that has a special talent and God is using that. And so I guess like, that is one of the other reasons why you might want to go because like God has given that like um, just that calling into you that you can be using um, outside. So I guess that's nice. A little bit more than a sentence, but I like that. <laughs> Dang. So missions, right? Missions is important. You know? Caleb says, think about before when you were lost. And that's the reality of so many people. If you are a believer in this room, you are called to missions. That's a fact. Because it, the person to the left and to the right of you, if they're not a believer, and if they were to die today, they wouldn't be going to heaven. And we need to have that urgency and that calling of being like, hey, I need to talk to this person because I want them to have a relationship with and know that there's something better out there. And if you aren't a believer in this room, I encourage you, please talk to a leader. No, get information, just talk to us, you know? We're open to have any conversation because I guarantee you that anything that you're going through right now, someone has already been through it and they found Christ through that. So, um, thank you all so much. That's a very good panel. Yeah. Give it up for Carla, Issa, and Caleb. What? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> um, last things, um, a guy at Samia was talking to me. He said that delayed obedience is still disobedience, right? You have a calling for missions. And if you delay that calling, you're still being disobedient to God. So keep that in mind as you're walking through every single day and you're talking to your classmates, you're going outside, you know, going to a coffee shop. You have an opportunity to change someone's eternity. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for allowing us just to be here to talk about missions, God. I thank you for all the experiences that we have and that we share, God, that it may be used to just expand your kingdom. God, I thank you for just everything that you've done today. And I pray that tomorrow just brings more blessings upon us, God, that you use us in ways that we don't expect tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.